Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for ASHP's Practice Journeys podcast. This podcast invites members to share their stories about their professional path, lessons learned, and how their experience shaped who they are and where they are today. My name is Maggie Kranz, and today we'll be chatting with Indrani Carr and Stephanie Gore about maintaining well-being as a preceptor with difficult learners. Um, I'm currently a PGY2 HSPAL resident at Allegheny Health Network, and I'm part of ASHP's New Practitioner Forum Career Development Advisory Group with Stephanie. Um, Indrani was actually a preceptor to me in the past, and she's also part of one of ASHP's SAGs as well. Um, Indrani, do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Thank you, Maggie. Hi, everyone. I'm Indrani Carr. I'm the drug policy and formulary pharmacist at University Hospitals Health System in Northeast Ohio. I have the pleasure of precepting many students. Maggie was one of my former students as well in drug information and formulary and policy here in our system pharmacy office at UH. And as part of ASHP, currently I am finishing out my term as chair for the Education Steering Committee for the section for inpatient care practitioners. And Stephanie, would you mind introducing yourself as well? Yes, sure thing. So my name is Stephanie. Um, as Maggie mentioned earlier, I work with her on the Career Advisory Group Forum. And so my current position, I'm a clinical pharmacist at the University of Virginia Health System. Awesome. So we are gonna kick it off by defining uh, what a difficult learner really is to each of us. Um, Stephanie, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, sounds good to me. So our, so I think there are a lot of different definitions of a difficult learner. They can go from maybe a really brilliant student and for trying to figure out how would you challenge the student more so they can actually get something out of that rotation. Um, you could also have students who maybe shouldn't be where they are um, in that point of the year. You could have personality differences and you can have different previous learners that maybe a prior learner had to have more preceptor time and energy versus someone who maybe is more hands-off. So I think there's definitely a broad spectrum of how you can define a difficult learner. I'll add a few points there, it's Indrani. I have found in the last several years that I've precepted students and also many residents that communication is my, my biggest piece our number one item that we talk about on day one of any rotation, as long as there's good open communication about expectations and project goals, we usually can work through anything, whether a student is struggling or if a student is a self-starter and, and really shining. And I've experienced miscommunication with students of all types where they are doing really well on rotation or they're not where they need to be. And one of the ways I, I work through that with a difficult learner is asking the student or the resident to repeat back what they think they're expected to be working towards on, on any project or assignment that they're uh, managing. And that usually helps uh, with smoothing over any challenges ahead of time before uh, we, we get to a point that uh, we are trying to play catch up at the end. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that definitely, I think definitely the root cause of, or the main issue is definitely that miscommunication point. And Johnny, can you speak to how IPPE and APPE students as, and even maybe PGY1 versus a PGY2 resident and like how these could present slightly different challenges when you think about precepting those types of learners at those different stages? Sure. The majority of my experience is with APPE students and PGY1 residents, a little bit with PGY2s. I always encourage my learners to bring forward what they want uh, to learn on their rotations, and that really helps to address any type of challenge at the beginning that we uh, might anticipate throughout the rotation. Um, in terms of levels of where a learner is, I think a lot of appies will surprise us of where they're at, um, and they may even surprise themselves. And it's really the job of a preceptor to bring that out of the student and encourage them to, to see that in themselves as well as our residents. I treat all of my learners along a pretty high, high bar to begin with. So they, they do really well by, by bringing their expectations and their comments to the rotation as well. And something I know from personal experience as one of Indrani's students in the past is she does something really great at the beginning of each of the rotations and puts out a survey to all of the students that are coming in. So we have the opportunity to answer some questions and she has an idea of who we are before there's actually a student there that needs these learning experiences. So that helps her to customize some of the rotation in advance instead of getting a student and figuring out all of that on day one. Um, some of that customization for sure can create some after work stress um, from precepting. Do you guys have any suggestions of how to keep the stress of having difficult learners at work and being able to decompress when you leave? It's a great question, Maggie. Um, I found that having worked in deadlines, both for myself and for my students, whether it's a touch, pa a touch base at the beginning of the day and a scheduled touch base at the end of the day. So there's a scheduled time for that decompression that really helps, um, especially if a student or resident is running late uh, in the morning. I really care about my students and my residents as people as well. I need to know that they're okay health-wise. So if, if something's going on, open communication is the most important thing, but that also can't carry over after work um, in terms of making sure we have time to decompress ourselves as preceptors because if we're taking it all home with us, we can't uh, maintain our own practice and, and meet our own deadlines. So I've really found by working in some preset deadlines for myself and uh, time with my learners for touch base in the beginning of the day and at the end that has really helped manage uh, any of that stress from, from the day to day. So I know you mentioned, Johnny, that um, you have worked with difficult learners before. Are there any things that looking back you could have done differently um, to better work with that learner or um, any situations where you did everything you could and what was that next step for you? Definitely. Uh, one thing that's a little bit different with my rotation is all of my students have the opportunity to actually apply an interview to come on rotation with us. So that, that is a little bit different in the types of students that end up coming. 
uh, on rotation with me, but I have had my share of difficult learners where either there wasn't open communication on progress of their assignments and really trying to understand how to help a particular learner improve. And one of the items that works really well, especially if a preceptor is doing everything they can to provide good topic discussions and setting deadlines for, for projects, is really reaching out to the schools of pharmacy, the schools and the colleges. I found that the experiential coordinators are wonderful mentors and wonderful uh, wealth of knowledge. <laughs> they, they have a lot of information to share and to guide for preceptors who uh, may just be struggling with managing a student uh, or even a resident. So even reaching out to residency program directors on what would you suggest we try if something truly isn't working. That collaboration really helps when you're, you're in a bind and, and you need another set of eyes to help look at a situation. Um, I found that that's worked um, several times in helping a student actually improve and, and do well. One of the other pieces that I've also worked on with students is many students learn differently and learners all learn in a different fashion. And like Maggie noted, I, I do a personality quiz at the beginning of my rotations as well as a how do you work, what is your work style uh, quiz. And that really helps to understand how someone wants to learn and, and how they, they work. But sometimes learners need additional deadlines that are uh, not just the end project deadline. And having that information set sometimes helps um, a learner really work through uh, all the different priorities that they might have for, for a rotation. And I have had the experience where I've had learners that even struggle with that meeting even interim deadlines because of the amount of items that they may be working on, even if it's appropriate on a normal level, some students may need help and encouragement to reach that. And so we've also spent a lot of time really encouraging learners to identify the absolute most important priorities that they need to meet for, for a certain project or assignment. And that really has helped them show themselves that they can do it, and it ends up actually leading them to be even more successful by the end of the rotation. Have you ever um, had a time or maybe have heard of a colleague have an issue that even after, you know, changing those timelines or slowing things down and giving more support to a learner that the learner is still struggling after you've given everything that you've given and you've reached out to the school and tried to get the school to help with some guidance. What do you do after at that point? Like when do you decide to stop the experience or just ultimately fail the student or learner? That's a really complex and tough question. You never want to be in that situation as a preceptor, but we always have to make sure that the, the student is getting the learning that they need. I luckily have not had to experience that myself, but I have come close a couple of times and have really had to describe with, with the school and with the student or a learner that if you're not improving even 
in a small way in your learning will have to really address with very strict rubrics of what you're meeting and what you're not. And that would be the only time I would stop an experience is if I have the appropriate documentation to really support that uh, a student or a learner is really not where they need to be from an expectation perspective. But it's, it's a really complex situation to be in. And I think each one is really individual to what's going on. Yeah, and I think you make a really good point about reaching out to the school or reaching out to the RPD when you're really struggling with a student or a learner um, because they have a better idea of what that student's progress has been in the past and have more of that historical context. So you can have a better conversation with shared decision making of what the best course of action is for that student. I think it's also really important that you brought up having those conversations and also just documenting all of that and having a good record of what conversations you've had with that student. So if you do have to take steps to have the student make up a learning experience, you have good reason and good foundation for them to move from and learn from in the future. So thinking about learners who maybe are difficult, not because they aren't bright and um, have the potential, but they're just not very engaged. How have you engaged learners in the past if they're just not meeting those expectations or causing some difficulty. Absolutely. That's also a challenging situation to be in as, as a preceptor because I am extremely passionate and excited by formulary management and policy every day, but I cannot expect every student or resident that I have coming on rotation with me to be as excited about what I do every day. And so that's actually an expectation I set at the beginning of every rotation I have that you may not be as excited about this as me. I'm very passionate about it, but I do expect that you get a skill and a strength out of this rotation so that you can be successful in whatever line you are going down for your career. And I think that's really a nice way to engage right from the beginning someone that may not be as interested in the rotation area. Um, if I run into a situation throughout the rotation where someone is maybe disengaging, we just have an open conversation about it. Is there something that maybe the learner is not experiencing that they thought they wanted to? And is that perhaps um, the reason that they're taking a little bit of a step back and one of the things that we always do, and many of my colleagues do this as well, is Feedback Fridays, where every Friday we take a look at how the resident or the student did during that week. I have my learners identify a strength, a weakness that they want to work on. Weakness is not the, the best word, but an opportunity for their own improvement. And also, what is a piece of feedback that they can give for the rotation, whether it's to improve it for future students or residents or to improve the current rotation that they are on so that my learner can get as much out of it as, as they need to be successful. That is, yes, my goal is, of course, for them to learn all about formulary and policy, and there's a good structure within our standard calendar and standard projects that they get the experience uh, with during the rotation, but if there are other things they want to 
to see and learn about and have topic discussions about, we add those in so that we can also uh, encourage their own learning and have it be a benefit to the learners. And I know um, I've had an experience with layered learning um, here in the residency program where we had a student that had been known to be a difficult learner that was kind of rotating through the hospital. And I knew that I was going to be working with this individual. And something that really helped me to engage this student was that I was really passionate about my learning experience. And showing that you are, you care about the learning experience and you're excited about learning new things really helped to engage this individual. And we both kind of moved through the experience. It was a clinical rotation and I'm an admin resident, so clinical rotations are not my bread and butter, but I kind of was excited about learning things along the way. And that really helped to get her motivated and involved in learning new things, which was really insightful for me as a preceptor moving forward. Yeah, I think Maggie, that's a great example to share. Um, what would you guys say that when additional work is needed to customize a rotation to the learner, what strategies do you guys think can be implemented to be conscious of your time and also well-being? This is another wonderful question. Um, in my role, I support two system formulary processes and system policy management across our organization. So it's a big lift. Uh, with a lot of moving parts and our learners get front row seat to that experience. And so one of the things that I found not just to support our learners, but really in anything is having a project list, having a calendar, creating structure allows you to be flexible and maintain priorities throughout that rotation um, and really monitor your own your own time um, by, by really creating structures to have touch bases at the beginning of the day and at the end, having that standard project list and calendar really allows me to be flexible when things come up week to week, day to day, and engage the student or resident in that experience while still being able to maintain deadlines and requirements that I'm expected to bring forward and maintain. I also look to block a lot of time on my calendar when I have students and, and residents, uh, at minimum an hour or two a day to really dedicate to topic discussions or feedback sessions or even just simple review of, of project progress that really helps with maintaining not only how the student is doing or the resident is doing on rotation, but making sure myself as a preceptor that I have some breathing room uh, within my already busy day, but that I can be successful in what I'm doing and also help my learner be successful because that's my ultimate goal. And I think that's such a great point. Um, when we're talking about well-being, having a plan, having a structure just decreases all of that unknown and all of that anxiety that you as a preceptor might feel if you don't know what you're gonna be doing with your student next week, um, or you as a learner could feel if your preceptor doesn't have a plan for you, you don't know what you're doing next week. So I think it just really reduces strain from that relationship when you do some of that customization of the rotation upfront 
and you're able to go in with an idea of exactly how you're going to manage that learner and the learner has an expectation set of what their time with you is going to look like. Um, so it, the next question that we wanted to dive into, if you have this learner that is just requiring all of this extra time, so that time you've blocked that structure, it really isn't cutting it for you and you're still dedicating more time to customize the rotation for the uh, learner. How have you found additional support or what resources have you turned to? That's another great question, Maggie. I've I found a couple of things to be very helpful. One, we've already addressed a little bit today so far with reaching out to your colleagues, other RPDs, other preceptors, or um, other individuals like the experiential coordinators from the schools of pharmacy, just knowing that you have others to reach out to can, can really support you in some of those difficult situations. I've also had to come to terms with the, the fact that if you have someone who is just struggling that much and you've put everything you can into their learning, at some point you need to really remind the student that or, or resident that they are also as responsible for their learning as preceptors are for giving them the tools to be successful, but our learners really also have to step up to that plate and be comfortable with receiving the feedback to, to help them improve and, and be comfortable with some of that. Um, it is hard to receive really constructive and tough feedback, but I, I've had to have those conversations sometimes daily with learners to really encourage them uh, to continue stepping up so that they, they can meet the most minimum expectations of, of what we need to, to get them to that finish line at the end of the rotation or at the end of a residency year. Um, but if truly there, there, is so many, there may be so many barriers, that's when I really rely on my network of colleagues and individuals. And sometimes as a preceptor, all it takes to, to really move something forward in a positive direction is reaching out to a colleague who may not even be associated with your learner in any way, but getting a, a fully unbiased opinion on how they might approach the situation. And the wonderful thing about pharmacy is it's a really small world. And as anyone continues to become involved in organizations like ASHP, your network expands uh, every single day and you have a lot of people you can rely on to, to help you with those kinds of scenarios. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's so important to reach out to another colleague really just for their support and also just a different perspective. And while we've um, talked a lot about, you know, those difficult learners that need more support and extra help, what about the other side of the spectrum? How would you say, or how can you challenge a learner that just excels at a rotation? I love this question as well. I am very fortunate to have many students that have excelled on my rotations and many residents who just blow you out of the water and they're meeting every deadline ahead of time. They're bringing new ideas, bringing good suggestions, participating on the team. And one of the great things about having a structure, as we had talked about a little bit earlier with schedules and set projects ahead of time, that also works when you have a student or a learner who is excelling. 
not just for someone who might be struggling. By having that structure, you also can be flexible and encourage addition of additional experiences for their learning. I've had the chance to publish with many of my students as well as encourage them to submit posters that have been accepted to different conferences. So really providing that structure also gives you the, the floorboard to, to spring off and add new experiences. There's, there's never an end to uh, experiences to learn from within my rotation and any other rotation that a clinical specialist or a pharmacist is having for a learner. There's always more to see and more to learn from. So when someone is excelling, I ask what else are they looking to learn first? And here are all the other things that you're not seeing yet. Um, what else would you like to be involved in? And so I really take the chance to involve them in what they're interested in, as well as throw all the options on the table so that we can really encourage them to continue excelling. Yeah, I think the beauty of health system pharmacy learning is that it's truly endless. There, If you know one thing, there's a million other topic discussions where you could just dive a little bit deeper into that topic or a completely different topic within that rotation still. And being in an administrative role, our administrative students have no shortages of projects that they can work on. I think one caution of having a, a learner who really excels at a rotation um, is that they might just love the rotation, they're doing awesome at it, and that work just extends beyond that allocated time for the rotation and could potentially get in the way of progress of future rotations. I've seen this happen with um, a resident that I've worked with and their progress in the future rotations and their relationship with future preceptors was challenged because they were just still pouring so much into past rotations and um, projects that were ongoing from them. So I think as a preceptor, it's important to kind of set expectations with future preceptors. And if that resident or student is really interested in a certain topic, by all means, they should continue and follow that passion. But as long as it doesn't get in the way of other learning experiences that are important or um, happening along the side. And then to wrap up, really the last question that we wanted to chat about is, what other general advice strategies do we have that we want to bring to the table when we're talking about difficult learners that we haven't had a chance to touch on yet? I'll jump in with some general advice, if that's all right. We've covered a couple of these so far today, but just in summary, I think with any learner, whether they're difficult uh, during the beginning of the rotation or throughout, or they're excelling wonderfully during a rotation, I think having open communication with that learner, setting really standard expectations and making sure that the learner has an understanding of those expectations is really important. If there is something that's difficult that's happening, making sure that we provide that feedback as preceptors and, and write down uh, that documentation, and especially if there are concerns, looping in our colleagues or the school to make sure we have the appropriate guidance and we're also supported as preceptors in, in those situations. I've really found that as, as long as the, the core of my rotation is to ensure they have a skill that they can take on and improve going forward for their the, the learner's full career, that I've 
at least provided them something helpful for for them as they move on in their own journeys and their own learning. But there is a set of work that has to be done during a rotation, a set of core learnings that I have learners experience. And if something is occurring that's difficult, I want to make sure that we have all the right tools in the toolbox to not only have the learner be successful, but myself as a preceptor, ensuring that I'm being as successful as possible as a preceptor. I think one other important thing to note is that having a difficult learner is not a reflection of you as a preceptor. So for a lot of the new practitioners that are listening, including um, a lot of my colleagues, when you have someone that's difficult, it might be really challenging to get out of that headspace that you are not doing your best as a preceptor. But at some point, um, there's conversations that have to be had and reaching out to those more seasoned practitioners and mentors that can help you draw the line and have those conversations when they're needed is really important. And this podcast is part of a three podcast mini series. So we're also going to be talking about learner lineup and strategies to maintain resilience and well-being as a preceptor generally, where we'll talk a little bit more about some of those wellness strategies as well. All right, so that is all we have for you guys today. I want to thank Indrani and Stephanie so much for joining us today to discuss maintaining well-being as a preceptor with difficult learners. Join us here at, at ASHP Official and the Practice Journey Podcast as we learn about how our members seek out, grow, and evolve during their careers. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.